0: Good morning, friend. Thank you so much for joining me on this beautiful morning. My name is Pastor Gerald, and you are listening to Grace Waves, brought to you by Greater Grace Church in South Africa. Well, friend, this morning we're going to be listening to part two of the message on how to overcome hidden anger through meekness. And if you haven't listened to yesterday's message, I suggest that before you start listening this message, that you go back as this is one message, and so you need to start from the beginning to understand what he is talking about. And this message was preached by Pastor Carl Stevens in 1993 at our church in Baltimore in the United States. So please enjoy this message this morning, friend. I pray that it will add a lot of value and meaning to your life, and that indeed it will help you to be set free and to overcome hidden anger. So enjoy the message and as always may you have a wonderful day and may God bless you.
1: I beseech you by the gentleness and meekness of Christ. Meekness can be simplified as an attitude of eternal love demonstrated and culminated at Calvary With a broken heart for the loss so intense that Jesus Christ would take each one's place and give every individual mercy that would respond to his redemptive work by faith. This is what we call another dimension in growing in the law of faith in relationships. Jacob said to Esau, he said, I have a present for you. And Esau said, I really don't need it. But Jacob said, please receive it. Jacob wanted to bless Esau. And Esau wanted bless Jacob. A tremendous crisis took place in their lives and they both want to bless each other. It is no wonder that the Apostle Peter said in 1st Peter 3 8 finally my brethren be of one mind have good emotions be pitiful be courteous Never render evil for evil, but contrarywise, blessing, that you may receive a blessing wherein you were called. For the eyes of God are over the righteous and over those that do evil. The Word of God says never render evil for evil don't get infected because somebody else has been infected bless that person you say how can i bless somebody that has done me wrong colossians 3:11b says christ is all in all the 12th verse says put on as holy and beloved of god Bowels of mercy. That means mercies in your emotions. Then it says kindness. Then it says humbleness of mind. Then it says long-suffering. Then it says forbearance. Then it says forgiving one another as Christ has forgiven you. It says if any man have a quarrel with one another, forgive them just exactly like Christ forgave you. It says, and above all things, put on charity in the 13th verse of Colossians, the third chapter. But it says, put on. So this is what happens. When a man is tempted by those that do wrong, he has to, by the law of faith in Jesus Christ, by fellowship with Jesus Christ's words, put away anger and put on Christ. And he doesn't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Galatians, the fifth chapter, and the sixth verse, the inspired word of God says, For in Christ Jesus there is neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. The reason that was written is because they were arguing in Paul's day in Galatia about Circumcision, and some said you don't have to be circumcised, which you didn't. Others said you should be, in, but both sides argued with each other. And Paul said, Circumcision availeth nothing, nor uncircumcision availeth nothing. But he says, A faith that serves one another by love. Then he says this You did run well. What did hinder you? An argument? Job 6.24 says, What doth arguing reprove or produce? Galatians 5.7 says, This persuasion came not from the one that called you. The eighth verse says, A little leaven leaveneth a whole lump. So here's somebody, a whole church, that presented themselves as Christians who started out in the Spirit, tried to perfect themselves in the energy of the flesh, in Galatians 3.1. They didn't realize that they didn't receive the Spirit by the law, but by faith, in Galatians 3.2. And here's somebody, instead of growing in grace, arguing with each other about circumcision, their persuasion came not from God, and their lives in the entire Christian community, they were being leavened by the argument. The purpose of what happened from Satan's viewpoint was designed to destroy individuals in the church fellowship. Having given you these scriptures, Christians in this audience have to face God for my message this morning. Don't profess to know a supernatural God and to be supernaturally saved when you give everybody the flesh when they do you wrong. Let no man render evil for evil, but contrarywise, blessing. You bless your enemy. That's what the book says. Romans, the 12th chapter, in the 21st verse, says, Be not overcome with infected evil, but overcome evil with divine good. You overcome it through a faith that serves by love with divine good. Now at this point it is critical that I balance the principle of this message. In Matthew 6.14 we have what the Bible teaches is positional forgiveness. What is positional forgiveness? It's when somebody has done something against me to really hurt me, and I forgive them mentally. I have no resentment, no vindictiveness, no implacability, no retaliation, no reaction. But because they're not right with God, I cannot fellowship with them. But I can pray for them. I can give thanks to God for the situation. In everything, give thanks. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And for everything, thanks. In Ephesians 5.20. I can have an eye-to-eye talk with myself. I can talk with a friend. I can build myself up in the most holy faith and keep myself in the love of God. In Jude 20 and 21. But I positionally forgive them. And I'm so delivered that I can pray for them with compassion. So that's blessing them. Because when Job prayed for his friends, his entire life was restored in a moment by God. And he received double of what he lost. That's how I blessed him. I can't fellowship with them. Until they get right. Then there is experiential forgiveness, which comes in Luke 17. If someone goes against you seven times in a day and does a bad thing against you and they turn around and ask forgiveness and they repent seven times in a day, the Bible says forgive them. That's experiential forgiveness. That's experiential reconciliation. Experiential restoration experiential blessings that are given to them. This is what Jacob said. He said, I have a lot of children, Esau, and you don't. You have 400 men. He said, I have cattle, young cattle. So he said, it wouldn't be right for me to try to keep up with you as we go home together to our homeland. He said, you know what I'm going to do? He said, you go on. And Esau said, but I'll have my men stay and help you. See, he wanted to bless his brother Jacob. He didn't render evil for evil, but a blessing. Because he was, see, we are called to be blessed, so we give a blessing. And we keep getting blessed out of grace. Jacob said twice, if I have found favor in thy sight. You know, he said, because God has dealt graciously with me. Has somebody that's done you wrong found favor in your sight because God has dealt graciously with you? See, this is the law of what the Bible calls a living faith. He said, I'm going to lead my children softly the word means tenderly carefully the word doesn't mean that Jacob wouldn't practice tough love if some of the kids got off it doesn't mean that you know this is what I've learned all these years as a preacher preach hard and then lead people softly preach the truth and lead people softly. Preach the whole counsel of God, but lead people softly. I remember one day I was introducing a pastor to a certain lady in a store, and I didn't know she was in the store. She'd been to the church. We were pastoring for years, and I didn't know she dressed like this, and she had a skirt way up to here. She'd been to our church three services a week for years. And I prayed about how to handle this, so I took the pastor and I said, I want you to meet one of the fine ladies of our church. I said her name. And uh, I said she and her family are some of the finest people in our church. I never apologized to the visiting pastor. She wrote me a letter and said, that changed my life. She said, you preached hard about not dressing the way I dress but you led me softly. You see, different people are at different levels of life. Different people have different backgrounds, different genetics, different training, different wounds, different failures. You preach the truth, but a parent leads softly. I think of our teachers who have to lead so softly. Somebody has to teach the first grade every year and they say this is how you do this mm, 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 mm. next year new group why can't they move on to the third grade no the patience these beautiful teachers have to have to put up with, <laughs> with that, that precious young kids do not understand but you see Our teachers lead softly.